One of my goals is to dispel this idea that these brilliant people with all this creative thinking are like, well, I'm more of a creative, not so much a business person. I'm like, a business person is creative. That's how they run a business. It's just, they're not counterintuitive. You should want to budget because budgeting and actually like really more specifically understanding your finances and having a plan is the key to getting the thing that you actually talk about all the time, which is financial freedom, work-life balance. Let me get right in my bag. Uh, why you gonna try to get mad? Uh, everybody wanna keep up. Uh, don't you know I move too fast? Uh, I'ma zip zip right past. Uh, drip drip all on my swag. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared. Welcome back for another great episode. Uh, we have an interesting episode, don't we, Jay? It's something that I love and hate. Yeah. Um, we're talking about budgeting. Yeah, I'm a little bit. Um, hmm. I have a love hate relationship with. I'm a little bit worried about today's episode because budgeting, as you, you know, rails. as you know, is one of the most boring subjects that we could ever talk about in a podcast. Um, so, yeah, a little bit worried about today, but we'll see how it goes. Right? I'm going to tell you, though, really quick why you should listen to this episode and why you should like budgeting, like which is I'm at the edge of my seat. I can okay. tell you right now. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> But guys, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, budgeting it, budgeting is a big deal. It's very important, and and at the end of the day, you have to do it if you want to run a successful business. You have to do these things, and we are of the mind that uh, creatives uh, can also be awesome business people at the same time. Awesome creatives can be awesome business people. Yeah, I don't. This whole like, one of my goals is to dispel this idea that these brilliant people with all this creative thinking. Are like, well, I'm more of a creative, not so much a business person. I'm like, a business person is creative. That's how they run a business. It's just they're not counterintuitive. You should want to budget. This is why it's exciting. Or you should be excited about budgeting. Because budgeting and actually like really more specifically understanding your finances and having a plan is the key to getting the thing that you actually talk about all the time, which is financial freedom, work-life balance. Yep. You yep. need to understand your numbers. So so if you're like a person that's like, oh, I'm so stressed, like what's easier? Reducing your cost or trying to find a way to become a luxury wedding filmmaker? Reducing you, your costs. You might literally yeah. end up with the exact same amount of money and profit. Yeah. And so like Yeah, but then I wouldn't be able to post it on Facebook that I'm in Bali. So Yeah, well, I mean, if you I mean, if it's all about you showing everyone what a big deal you are, then I can't help Well, you. that's what it's all about, Jason. When are we gonna do a podcast on that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right though. I, I think you know, it is creative in that it's just solving different types of problems. And I think honestly, like the reason why a lot of us don't like it, uh, we don't gravitate towards it is because honestly, like we don't know how to do it like we've never had to like maybe we balance our personal budget um but a lot of us are just like meh i like new camera i buy new camera yeah Boo. good yeah great uh and and that means my wife is gonna hate me because i'm taking away five thousand dollars out of our income at the end of the year um and and for a lot of people who are solopreneurs who are doing their own thing um i think we find ourselves in that situation instead of running a business who that's has like a legitimate game plan for like, well, I've had my camera for the last three years. I've planned to get a new camera after three years. I've budgeted for it. Yep. And you can, you can walk into the future knowing that you are fully covered, that you actually had a game plan that you were able to execute a game plan. And it really, at the end of the day, isn't really that difficult. I think for most people. 
Well, ultimately, you're you're really saying because probably like we're not saying here's what this episode is not about at all. It's not about meticulously crafting a foolproof concept of what is going to happen in your business and then not being flexible at all and then panicking or any, or trying to be a fortune teller or something. Yeah. Like obviously these things that you're going to be trying to plan out financially oftentimes things are going to happen that are going to go outside the norm. Wouldn't it be better though, if you actually had a presence of mind to understand that you're spending too much at the moment? Cause usually these problems that are manifesting in the moment financially within a business aren't critical in the moment. Otherwise people would fix them. Like they have, they're critical when you keep doing them over and over and over. the cumulative of finances is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's not the acute moments where, you spent too much on a camera. Yeah, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Two hundred percent. It's not really having the forethought and and discipline, uh, which is another great topic to talk about in a podcast. I mean, discipline. I will say, creatives don't like discipline. Yeah, they like what? What are we coming? The Jocko podcast right yeah. here. Talk about discipline, leadership. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I think anyone who's successful would talk about discipline. Anyone who's successful and doesn't talk about discipline isn't actually successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we're talking about. I think this whole series is really talking to people about how the heck can you be more profitable and take home more money? You're because, a business person. Because at the end of the day, you want to take home more money so mm -hmm. that you can have, like you mentioned, more uh, financial freedom. But when you have more financial freedom, it really does open you up creatively a lot more. Like 200%. it allows you to buy the tools that you need to do. It allows you to take more creative risks and be like, you know, if you're not having to give up prime weekends to be able to like make money, if you're able to be like, you know what, we did really well last year. Uh, there's this one couple that's getting married in Bali and they don't really have a budget, but I like the couple. I think you could take a creative risk. You could fly there. You could do a million different things. When you have that financial freedom, you can try cool stuff and, and change your business. Well, and also having control of all this stuff gives you the ability to accomplish the same goal in multiples of ways. Yeah. If you have like a linear way of thinking, which is I have an upward trajectory for everything and that's the only way I can grow my business. I have to become more successful, more well-known. And pretty much this is what frustrates me about our industry. There's so many people who some are real gurus, many are fake gurus who are because they have started selling packages at a high price think they can tell other people how to run their businesses. These people don't understand economics. They don't understand the market. They think that everyone can be charging. Like they literally, like I want to give a news flash to creatives. No one's work in itself in a vacuum is worth $12,000 as a wedding. The only, you know, the economic policy that helps these people charge that much. It's called supply and demand. They have a limited supply, which is themselves. Some of them are imposed limitations based on what they're willing to book. And they demand X amount of dollars and people are willing to pay it. How dare you say that? How dare I say it? It's not inherently valuable. And so like we're all subject to these rules. And so fin our finances are subject to supply and demand. And you, it is not viable for everyone to be a charging upper end prices. Eventually the market will collapse eventually people will run out of money. You'll run out of clients. There'll be a freaking bloodbath of people 
battling it out for these $5,000 weddings. It'll be a bloodbath. And eventually the same thing will happen as always happens. The people with the best work will win. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. The people with the best connections and relationships will win. And ultimately, there's always going to be people who can't charge what other people can charge. That's reality. That's the reality I'm living in. Hmm. That's the reality I'm encouraging you to live in. That's the reality that getting a budget together will actually help you survive in. Yeah. Which will be like you don't have to magically become the best in order to make a living. You can just be the best in your market, <laughs> the best you. That's what we're trying to get you to do. Be the best you yes. you can be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's really the point. Here is like there's a bunch of different ways to skin a cat totally. when it comes to creating um, a business for yourself. There is that model. There's plenty of people making that kind of you know life for themselves, where they're like traveling all over the world, charging you know ten to twenty grand for per wedding, and and they're really happy to do that. But like you said, it's a bloodbath. It's it's like you know you get up there and the people that. <laughs> you think are your friends are actually out to get you. It's like, well, you're competing because for you're like competing for the people. same small pool of weddings, as opposed to thinking about all the other people, like growing the market actually, because mm -hmm. we say it all the time, only 55 roughly percent of, of, of uh, brides and grooms get a wedding filmmaker. Yeah. You know what that means? That, that when I hear that, I'm like, there's so much potential. Why is that other 45% not getting a wedding filmmaker? It's because they either can't afford it or because they don't like the quality at what they can't afford. Yes. Like that should say to you, like, wow, there's a lot of opportunity there to make a lot of money and and oh, make this industry a lot more money and and more actually people bring more value to the industry. So and one way is not better than the other way, no, not it, at all. It, but like you said, it's about finding your voice, finding what you're good at. And, you know, you maybe doing one type of business. I, I think some of those luxury people who are shooting like 10 weddings a year at 20 grand a year, whatever, like their budget probably like they probably didn't get there because their budget was awesome. But if you want to run a different type of business where you're like doing volume, where you're having teams you better have a good budget. If you're even considering getting into anything that has employees, that has, you know, associates, contractors, whatever, um, you know, outsourcing, you better know your budget. You better be able to predict numbers. And honestly, like, I even look at some of the, like the luxury filmmakers out there and I'm like, man, like, if you guys were a little bit better at numbers, you could be making double, triple of what you're currently making, just shooting 10 weddings a year, 20 if, weddings a year. If they would year. take all that profit for the weddings they're selling for $20,000, yeah. hire a VA or an assistant, yep. hire a bunch of shooters and take all those leads they're turning down and yep. sell them. Yeah. They could like, we're not experts cause we're not luxury wedding filmmakers. We're just saying, Hey, think about your numbers, plan about your numbers. And so I want to talk about something um, <clears throat> right after we hear from our sponsors. Does your wedding filmmaking business offer live streaming? Maybe you're just looking to get into live streaming. Wherever you find yourself today, one of the most overlooked elements of a successful live stream is securing a rock solid connection to your final destination. In that case, you should check out the Live U Solo. The Live U Solo offers bonded cellular streaming, which combines up to four separate internet connections into a single, fully redundant connection. Live stream with confidence to any platform from basically any location. This thing is battery powered, they're plug and play, and they're supported by LiveU's innovative LRT service. The LiveU Solo is perfect for any event videographer that needs an easy, on-the-go, reliable stream. Get one today. 
So I wanted to um, bring something up just when, when we, because this entire series, it's been a bit of an odyssey and hopefully it's been helpful to you guys, but building a business plan is about just, you know, thinking about your wedding creative business and planning and getting just an idea of what you're trying to go for. And again, finances are a big part of it. We talked about finances a lot. Budgeting is really just basically saying, this is how much this is going to cost me, right? And then really, honestly, you're setting your prices based on creating profit from that cost. That's what it is. It's, I don't think most wedding creatives will think about it that way. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of wedding creatives, when they're at least when they're first starting out, even have any sense of where to start with that. So I, I think that is probably part of the challenge and justify, justifiably so where they're like, well, I don't know how many weddings I'm going to be able to get this year. I don't know if I'm charging this small amount of money, if people are even going to go for that. So I think when you're well, first it's starting just... out, it's, it's definitely even more of a challenge. Like budgeting probably seems pretty impossible to that person. Wouldn't you say? Well, they think that there's no fixed cost too. I think that the, yeah. people think like, oh, charge what you're worth. <clears throat> and like, okay, well, what is anything worth? Well, it's worth profit plus how much it costs to make. Yep. Until you get into the place of supply and demand where it's worth whatever anyone's willing to pay. No. That's the problem with art. Yep. It's like everyone's talking about um, NFTs right now. Yep. What does an NFT work? What is an NFT worth? Is it worth the time it took to make? Is it worth the pixels that make it up? What is it worth? Well, it's worth what someone's willing to pay for. Yep. So in one sense, that's what art is worth. Yeah. If somebody looks at the Mona Lisa, they say, oh, that's worth millions of dollars. Well, why? Because it's the only one, because it's popular, well, all these reasons. And in some sense, that is what people do with wedding films. Like, how much can I get away with charging? Mm -hmm. But in another sense, <clears throat> there's actual cost. Especially at the beginning, that is really critical for you to understand. Like, there's marketing, there's equipment, there's consumables like batteries. Maybe you're renting a space. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a like, and so. And when you're first starting out, you probably don't even need to even worry about profit because most businesses are going to take what is it three to five years before they even turn a real profit. So you just have to worry about covering your cost, Pretty making much. sure that what you're doing is is you know you're paying for it in some way, shape, or form, whether it's paying an actual dollar amount or paying with it your time. But, you know, donating. I think you your could time. like like it, say you said okay, I'm going to start my business. I'm going to drop twelve thousand dollars on equipment. I'm going to hire an assistant that costs me $200 a wedding. I'm going to shoot 20 weddings. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not going to pay for any marketing. I'm not going to do any Facebook ads. Maybe I'm not sure you could without doing any Facebook ads. Let's say, let's say you did $3,000 of Facebook ads. So, you know, your cost is somewhere around $17,000, $19,000, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. That's your cost. If you get to shoot 20 weddings, how much do you need to charge to be profitable? This is where people don't think. It's like, oh, $2,000, that's way too cheap. Well, I mean, that person's like 100% profitability, hmm. like as a business. Now, given, I actually think you should work your salary into that. You have to, right? Yes. So, but initially when you're starting out, like you should be looking at cost and, and then charging based on, you more than broke even is my point. Yeah. Within the, the, the first. The point is someone is willing to pay you for whatever you were charging. If it was $2,000, which is great. Good job. Um, but you as a business might have to decide, well, in order for me to actually have a profit, because I want to up 
my my marketing to be able to, to maybe I do five thousand dollars in marketing because I want to double the amount of work that I want to have the following year. And then if I'm doubling the amount of work, then hopefully I'm doubling the amount of profit. At that point, I can maybe take a set. It just allows you the opportunity to make that kind of decision. You definitely right? should not just be. And so here's what we're going to talk about. We're first, I want to talk about something, our experiences with this, but I did want to reference something yeah. before we get into it, which is we are fundamentally opposed to li creatives living hand to mouth. Mm -hmm. That's kind of our core thing. Like, I don't think any creative should just be going like, I don't know how much you're going to make this year. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, you know, when I, get, when I work a wedding, then I pay myself. Yeah. I don't think that we're, that is Jared and I, we're just, we've never done that with our own business. Mm -hmm. We don't think anyone should do that. We don't think that's the right way to run So even if you're self-operating um, all the way up to, you know, what we're doing with multiple teams, you know, we're shooting four weddings this weekend, you know, eight different team members going out. You're saying that you should run your business essentially pretty similar when it you comes to You should think of budgeting. your business. You should think of yourself as an employee of your business and not as the business. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be like, I am Jason McCutcheon Films. You should say, I am an employee of Jason McCutcheon Films. I'm the president of Jason McCutcheon Films. The salary for Jason McCutcheon Films president is X. And then if I make a, like, say I say my salary is $65,000 a year. My cost is twenty. If I have a great year and I make one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, I'm the only shareholder. Yep. So maybe I want to give myself some of that profit, pay myself more. But the other thing I might decide to do is, okay, we were really successful. Yeah. We have all this money left over. Oh, I turned down a lot of leads. Maybe I should hire someone to help me. Yeah. Like when the money's not gone, you can make those decisions. But when all the money's gone, right as it comes in, you can't make any tactical decisions. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. And, and I would say, like, with budgeting, it, it will help you to make decisions. That's one great reason to do it. Uh, it will help you probably save some money, which is great. It will give you a little bit of discipline, which is another great reason. Uh, but the third thing is it, it does allow you, should you choose to do it, it does allow you to scale and grow. And, like, I say it all the time. Like, one of my favorite things to do is fire myself from a job. Like doing it this way, having a budget, understanding what your cost is to your business um, is helpful so that if you ever did, like you said, decide, decide to hire an office admin, you know what that cost is going to be. And it's just a matter of transferring that cost to that person. And then you could still be like, well, I still have enough profit to pay myself my salary that I was making before, maybe as a shareholder, uh, maybe as a camera operator. Like you're, you're assigning yourself roles and a paycheck to go along with that role. It doesn't vary depending on how much you want to pay yourself that week or how much is in the bank account or, you know, deposits coming in. Um, you know, I, I think in talking to a lot of people, a lot of people, A, do live hand to mouth, right? Um, whatever's coming in and they kind of fall into this trap. And I, I think the budget will, will help with this as well is like they fall into this trap of um, a deposit comes in and they're like, great payday. I'm going to pay off my mortgage. I'm going to pay off my car payment, all this stuff, all this great money is coming in. And then, you know, I'm going to get a 50% deposit uh, a year from now. And then, you know, at that point, they don't have any money saved for the assistant that they have to hire, the uh, outsourcer that they're going to have to plan to do because or use because they are doubling in the amount of work. Maybe they're really popular. Maybe they're growing their business really fast. And they just don't have the time anymore. 
Um, so what happens when that comes along and you're like, oh, shoot, I have all these actual expenses, uh, cost of goods sold that I have to pay for, and now I'm not able to actually make ends meet on my personal life. Maybe I'm, I'm having to pull up. Like It avoids those kind of like things that might pop up. It allows your business to grow by just, A, having a little bit of discipline up front, um, but then also um, the flexibility later on. So let's talk about our story with crappy budgeting a little bit okay because i want to humanize ourselves and by no take means, ourselves off of the uh, godlike pedestal that we've placed ourselves well, on. well and i don't want people to think like we have some things figured out <laughs> but we paid the freaking prices upon prices upon prices this is school of hard knocks you don't want to learn the way we learned our education was very expensive mm-hmm. um hopefully we're able to help some people because like literally we basically almost ruined our business a couple times and a couple different very creative ways i might add yes you know how can we ruin our business this year is what yes. we would say at the beginning of the year. yeah and so like some of it we won't get into but some of it just just so you know basically at one point we pretty much didn't pay any attention to our number we just i mean we did like we would like sales like oh like Kind of, we, we, we wanted to sell more. We knew how much we sold. We were making good money and we were happy with that. But in terms of like actually cost, which is really budgeting is more about cost than anything. Um, in terms of cost, we were not, we didn't have our finger on the pulse. And I mean, we were spending on things. We would get to the end of the year, Jared. Do you remember we'd get to the end of the year? We'd be like, all right, we're going to buy our marketing. Yeah. We're going to buy, like, uh, the knot's calling, and we're going to put this, like, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 down on the knot. And then the people involved over the, with our company would be like, oh, you don't have the money. Let's dive into that a little bit, because I think there's a, a, a side of our story that people will be able to learn from, and then a side that people won't be able to learn from. Like, a little bit of our story is, like, we started our business in 2010. Jason and I started it. Strictly weddings, photo, video, great. We have this business. We're in high demand. Awesome. Uh, in 2012, we did take on another partner to uh, help us with our website and our marketing side, or so we thought. Um, and that was a growth journey because we were like, let's just grow. Let's try to get into the commercial space. Let's try to expand our services because photo, video go well with yeah. web design, with marketing, all that stuff. Let's try to combine. So we brought on another partner, right? And, we and in some ways, it up. was very helpful. And in some ways, it was very helpful, at least at first. Um, and we were excited. We we're like, wow, we have a real company with real shareholders. Like, great. Like, what kind of company should we be? Uh, I don't know. I read a little bit about an S corporation. You know, oh, you know. We were an S corporation is... before that, actually. Were we an S corp before? Yeah, that's okay. how I set it up initially. But anyway. But we wanted to be that because it was the, the least amount of risk to the individual shareholders, i.e., you, me, and our, our, our third party owner. Um, but uh, we clearly didn't really know what we were doing um, at first. And so you and I were like, okay, we'll be creative. We'll lead teams. We'll do this. And then third, the third person will do this role and then also handle Finance. finances. finances. Really handle finances. finances. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so that's probably the unrelatable side, like having partners, all that crap. Like most people out there won't have to deal with that. Although if, I would say if you are creative and you are taking on a partner, um, just making sure that you understand um, – roles really well like understand what the roles will be now and, and responsibilities then what the roles and responsibilities will be 
three years from now, five years from now? What happens if one side of the business grows and the other side doesn't? Like sorting all sorts of scenarios out. And then I would also say, because this is probably How do boring, people to, get paid? boring to most people, I will say get a great owner's agreement up front with with your partners. I would say that is critical if you're going to start a business with another person. And that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but then the relatable side probably to most people listening is um, what, when it comes down to paying attention to your finances personally, not just letting your accountant handle it or one person do it. You as an owner of your own business have to pay very close attention. It's yeah. not just something that you can pass off to some schmuck. Yeah, and we didn't... To be very clear, like this person, we're not here to trash on them or whatever. And in some ways, I think they probably did what they thought was right, but we weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and you and I were the ones who really had our fingers on the pulse of like, we know the business, but your business literally is your budget. That's all it is. Yeah. At the and, end of the day, your business is a spreadsheet. And and like I was always like, oh, I'm just making the money. I'm just making it rain, making it rain, and not paying attention to what's going on behind, you know, me or you. Like Yeah, there was a lot of things that so the the some when this got fixed was when this person started saying we couldn't afford things that we thought we had budgeted for. Yeah. We'd be like, and hey, so, this is what we need every single year. Is this yeah, we'd say it at the beginning of the year. Here's our budget. Here's what I need. And this yeah. person would say, okay, here's your budget. And then at the end of the year when we needed the money, the money wasn't there. Yeah. So I finally was like, okay, <laughs> I'm doing this. He would blame us and say, well, you guys spent too much. I'd be like, you said we could spend it. Yes. Anyhow, I digress. <laughs> I, I started doing it myself. Yes. And I started trying to get good at it. And I started evaluating what was true. And then I started saying to this person, no, this isn't true this isn't what it is and like we started and in some ways like there was a a, really there's different goals from the business yeah is really what it was he had one goal and we had another goal and so for his goal there wasn't the money but for our goal there was the money Hmm. and um and so we were like well why basically it all came down to when we understood the money side of our business then we could start allocating the funds to the things that would help us do the things that we actually wanted to be doing as a business. Mm-hmm. And, and we started paying ourselves the way we wanted to get paid. Um, we started like, we didn't make more money. We just took home more money. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't, we, we hired the employees that we actually wanted to hire and stopped doing things that we didn't want to be doing. Like we started just making it what we wanted it to be. Yeah. And it all started with actually paying attention. Yeah, and I think we started on a path where we didn't. I think in the creative world, when we say living hand to mouth, it kind of means to me uh, living off deposits. Like we started transitioning from living off deposits to earmarking money, essentially setting our budget, uh, putting uh, money in certain um, accounts that we could spend later. Twenty twenty kind of messed that. Twenty twenty messed that up. A bit where we had to have a little bit more of a buffer, but we had a buffer, you know, to be able to play with. But also, thank you for the U.S. government for you know stepping in uh, and helping. Even though I think you know we would have had to do different things if they we could have made it work. We could have made it work, but um, the fact that we had a buffer gave us options. Yes, yes. Um, so, so there was um, that side, and that's when you're able to do that. That to me means that you have a pretty good budget when you're actually able to be like, hey, I have this money earmarked. Towards my contractors, towards my employees, like 
or at least like 50 percent because i've received 50 percent of that money and i've put it towards 50 percent of what it's going to cost in the future as opposed to just having all of your cost of goods um hit you uh at the end of of the the contract with a person and you're paying out of the final deposit um you know having it be a little bit more balanced yeah but really just about like we, our story is really we weren't paying attention to what was going on and we yeah. didn't get what we wanted out of the business mm-hmm. that's really as simple as i can make it and and your business is probably simpler than ours and it's probably even easier for you to get what you want out of the business that you have and if you're just starting out even better yeah like if you start out i wish tens of thousands of dollars we lost maybe hundreds yep over the course d- of years for sure for hundreds of just being stupid and lazy and we don't want that for you we want you to feel like you had it and this isn't just like the money you lost because we were inefficient or like made mistakes we're talking about like money you lost because you weren't paying attention and you know it is what it is yeah so we don't want that for you so in terms of budgeting like let's just talk about how one of our big concepts because We'll talk about costs later because ultimately budgeting is just planning out your cost. That's as simple as I can make it. It's planning out your cost, yeah. hopefully at least one year in advance with an eye for at least three years. Yeah. But um, basically, no, none of this costs. is original, by the way. <laughs> this is just a budget. But I think well, where, where we can help is specifically like we understand what a wedding filmmaker is going to be going through when it comes to cost of goods. Like so, so we can kind of cater it a little bit more to the wedding filmmaker. Yes, I think. we uh, we're uh, just so you know, there's a download where we just give you yeah an entire spreadsheet that has all the calculations built in. And, and I can probably promise you, this is the only wedding filmmaker budget conversation you'll ever find on the internet. Probably, <laughs> probably is maybe the get, only maybe one. how to film weddings does it, but I'm not sure. But they're definitely like there's definitely people talking about money, but not maybe not like this. Uh, not like this. <laughs> no. Um, because I'm a weirdo, so it is. Uh, what it is. That's not debatable at all. So, so, um, but all this to say, here's the actual point of all this. What's the point, Jay? Profit. Yeah. Have money left over to do whatever the heck I want. Yeah. And so, we have two concepts that I think are really important. That I, I probably would say everyone should do it, but I know some people might disagree. But my opinion is everyone should do it. The first one is you should pay yourself a salary and make your own cost of the business a fixed cost. And the second one is you should end the year with money left over. That should be your number one goal of your business. But Jay, my accountant says that I should not be a profitable business. Well, you could do any of the accounting crap you want and show that you're not profitable, but you should be able to make that decision in November, December is what we're talking about. Like, like, if you have $40,000 left over at the end of the year and you want to find a way to zero it out, buy all your gear or do something to hide the money away or pay yourself a distribution, I just want you to be in the position to make that choice. And that's our concept. It's yes. like, I'm not saying from an accounting standpoint, you don't want to be, maybe you want to show a loss. You can show a loss if you understand three year, anim- or, sorry, you can show a loss if you understand how assets work. Yes. So there's a lot of accounting stuff, which you should hire a CPA to help you do, not yes. do yourself. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying a lot of people will hear, like, you should be profitable, and they'll immediately think, no. Like, but it but really comes down to it. 
you don't know what that means, being profitable. Being profitable can mean I'm going to take a $50,000 dividend in December, and I'm going to put it in my personal saving. Yeah, distribution uh, in December, and I'm going to save it in my personal account. And I, I, that's how I'm going to do it. But but then you're, that's profit that's now in your personal account. The whole point is that you should be taking profit home for or yourself. Or even for ourselves. One of the things we do, and I can just tell, and this isn't like illegal or sketchy at all. If I end of the year with $50,000, I'm telling my accountant, uh, that $50,000 is actually paying all my contractors next year. So it's not profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have cost. I was terrified about what you were going to say next. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have cost. That's that anytime I've, I've, I've heard someone say, uh, you know, and this isn't illegal or sketchy at all. I'm like, it's I wonder if what he's about to say is going to be illegal or illegal sketchy. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like we're not talking about accounting. Like we're not experts at those things. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying like, no one is actually going to tell you you shouldn't have money left over. They're just going to tell you you shouldn't tell someone else you have money left over. Yeah. Like, we're not talking about accounting. Yeah. We're not accountants. We just are business people, and we know that you need to have money left over. There needs to be profit. Yeah. And however you want to tell Uncle Sam about that, kind of none of my business. I'm not an expert on that. Yeah. I have a CPA to help me with that. Yep. But what we're talking about is we have those concepts, which are pay yourself a salary as a creative, and try to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And everything else proceeds from that. Yeah. Right? So it's like, well, what are my costs? Well, you're the first cost. You are a cost to your own business. Yeah. How much do you cost? Well, I cost, like, well, I sold 20 weddings for $3,000. So my cost is $60,000. Hmm. Like, no, that's how much your business made. You can't yes. take it all. Like, yes. And it, it's, it's funny because, like, you see it so much on every single education platform on the internet, whether it's photo, video, whatever. It's like, well, I made 100000 The goal is to make six figures. Six-figure wedding videographer. Great. You made six figures as, you know, a company. You know, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> How much are you actually making after like Uncle you have a, a music bed subscription after you have all like you have to pay a second shooter for all of your weddings. They're going to make 20 grand after Uncle Sam takes literally way too much. <laughs> like uh, what does it look like? You're looking at like. 50? Well, 40? You know what like, the scam I, I hate the most, Jared? And if you're doing this and you're listening to this, screw you. You're a freaking scammer. And if you buy the stuff, you're buying a scam. Which is, oh, I've helped a bunch of filmmakers and photographers have deep, deep five-figure months. Deep five-figure. Deep into the... I heard a guy the other day say ten to $40,000 months. ten to $40,000. He's giving himself... A variance of so we had one person do ten and one person do four forty. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're, like? I'm here to tell you guys like we'll sell sometimes eighty thousand dollars in a month. I'm not gonna tell you oh I can usually show you how to sell eighty thousand dollars in a month. All this crap and eighty thousand dollars in one month is meaningless if the next month you make zero. Yeah. So like like budgeting will keep the way people scam people in the wedding creative world is they basically assume you're an idiot that you take all the money home right away that you don't budget or plan at all and that you're going to be blown away by the fact that you made 10 grand in one month 
Yeah. And and so they get you to focus on the short term. And so you make all these short term decision making processes. You don't you're like, oh, I made ten thousand dollars this month and I don't even do any Facebook marketing. So it's a scam. You're like, you made that one time. Try running a business for 10 years at exactly level with no marketing, no investment. Mm-hmm. Oh, gear doesn't matter. I mean, like it's like this year it didn't matter. All your cameras break next year and you have to drop 20 grand on your cameras. You're going to say gear matters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say there are, I don't know, unicorns in every industry. Like there are certain people, of course, I, I, I do think there are certain people and maybe we disagree. I don't know, but there are certain people that will never advertise on Facebook and they run I don't a, disagree with you. a fine business, whatever. But I would say for the majority of people, it works out pretty well. Well, know, I'm, I'm not telling anyone they should do any but. one thing. That's the difference between us and those other people. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I'm telling you you should do is pay yourself a salary and make a profit. Everything <laughs> okay. else yeah. everything else is going to have to be figured out by your own business and yeah. all these things. And that is how you know fake gurus. They tell everyone to do one thing. Yeah. That's garbage. And like you need to like realize like ev- there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. Budgeting will cut through the crap. Yes. It'll help you think long term. You won't be blown away by the fact you made $40,000. You're going to be thinking what was my six-month average? Yeah. So if your six-month average is seven, that's, um, that's actually how much you made. Yeah. Like maybe the previous three months you were working on a bunch of leads and you didn't sell any. And they all close in one month. Like that happens. It does. It yeah. happens in our industry. So we need to be thinking long-term and we need to have an idea of what we're actually going for. So when do you think people should have their budget ready for the next year? Ooh. I mean, I guess That's you don't have question. to work. You don't have to work year to year, but I'm just kind of assuming most people are working calendar years. I mean, with their budget. we usually have ours ready, like January, February, March. I have a rough draft done by November. Okay. Yeah. But it's done. Yeah. You've asked me to like give you expenses like probably like January. Right. That's where we're Well, that's like... when I'm actually getting it, but that's not what I'm asking for. <laughs> Um, and I usually just guess your numbers ahead of time, and they're yeah. usually pretty close. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably true. Um, I don't know. I, I think a when you have time and you're gonna commit to actually getting it done. I don't think for most wedding creatives, you're looking at like August, September when it's probably busy for for most of us. Um, so that should be a factor. The calendar year um, works pretty good for most people as yeah. like a kickoff for a new budget and. Um, in general, I would just say this way. You should have it in a lull in your business. Yeah. For us, January is a pretty good marking point because December is pretty low in terms of like um, we're not shooting a lot of weddings. It's, it's just a clear, nice market. Of course, the taxes. and yeah. Most of you are going to do the calendar year, and that's yeah. fine. I would say, really, it's critical to get it done, though, before you get moving. Um, and typically most of us in the wedding industry have like two to three months where you're like kind of, maybe you're not totally dead, but you're mostly dead and you have some time to actually work on your business. So, so I would say like probably the calendar year because of the fact that it has your tax person's going to like that the best, but, and maybe you're just a little lazy and you miss it by a few weeks. But in general, I think that's what I would go for is, so when it comes to budgeting, why don't you talk a little bit about the things that you think about in terms of, cause you're mainly responsible for in our own business and like 
purchasing the marketing, booking the teams, buying the gear? Like, what's your thought process for when you're looking at next year's purchases and teams and, and yeah. marketing? I look at expenses uh, for me, which is most of our budget probably. And expenses can include um, uh, cost of labor. Uh, it can include equipment that we depreciate on a three-year cycle, right? Um, those are probably the main things that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about who do I have to hire to get the job done, which is cost of, cost of goods, right? Basically cost of goods sold. Cost yeah. of goods sold. Um, and and then also um, what do we need to get the job done with equipment? That Those are the, probably the main two for me. Um, so I'm thinking and, – and so – Part of me, you know, I have an idea in my head, but then also the reason why I probably say January, February is because I'm looking at our team and I, we're having meetings around then like saying, hey, how, how do we want to get better as a company? Is it in our lighting? Is it with, are we upgrading to 4K? What are some things that our team is pushing me that they're like, because I would say when it comes to the product, um, we're pretty democratic. Like I take our team's feedback Seriously, like at the end of the day, I'm the boss. I'm going to say yes, or I'm going to say that's stupid. No, you can't shoot on red cameras, Caleb. Or, or Josh, it was Josh Holt, really, who was always the guy who was like, you know what we could do? We could do that. I'm like, Josh, we're not shooting every like 120 weddings a year on cine glass, bro. Like, you you can't do that. <laughs> well, also, you can't afford to even store the footage. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but. I understand the sentiment. So it's like, okay, well, as soon as a, a great 4K camera comes out that is affordable within our range, we will buy them. And we did. So great. Um, so so I'm, I'm taking their, you know, uh, that's usually when we have those meetings is like January, February. Like, how can we get better as a team? Does that mean we're going to have to invest more in gear? Um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I'm putting together a gear list. Like, what the heck broke last year? I pr probably have that <laughs> pretty sewn up. By, yeah, it's like your by goal, the time you want it. It's your goals plus your needs. Yeah. Like, and I think that's the simple way to looking at your expenses. Like, what are your needs yep. and what are your goals? You should be investing in both. Yep. You should have money set aside for, like, if your goals are, oh, I want to up my game with my gimbal work. Well, I need a gimbal that actually works. Yep. So I'm going to have to spend that money. I think in general, like we're looking at probably around baseline $15,000 a year in equipment. Base, base. I'm talking about like, I need new batteries. Bare minimum. Like for us, that's going to obviously not be everybody out there. Bare minimum, $15,000 for lens caps, for SD cards, for stupid freaking crap that gets broken and lost and whatever. I'm looking at probably $5,000 in repairs every single year. I'm looking at probably five to $10,000 in equipment rental like and, per and, year. Okay, so this is And really these good. are like shifting things every year. Those numbers year. are not going to be the same for you, but what will be the same for you is this. How did you, without knowing the future, yeah. how do you know the future when it comes to those things? Uh, I would say now it's probably a three-year average. Um, like, I know deep down in my heart, Jason. Well, like this year, automatically, I know. Because I'm looking at, hey, we have certain days that are like 33% more volume than we did in 2019. Just because of rescheduling. 
So I'm like, we're going to have to just, this is going to be a year where we're just going to have to rent more. Well, but you hit on something. Budgeting is really just taking your averages yeah. and projecting them forward. And you, that's fine, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't need to get more complicated than that. But they You're, use that as a baseline. And then, I, but because we have that budget and we've had it for the last three, four years now, we, that's what, how I can know it in my heart. I know that. I'm probably going to have to spend $15,000 a year on base stuff. If we make a big leap, look, I want a better gimbal lens this year. I probably don't have the money for it this year because I'd rather take the money home. Like, But next year, we're budgeting for it. Because yeah. this year, we just spent... I just bought 12 X-T4 cameras and, and $300, adapt, $300 adapters for each one of our, our lenses. So that's about $2,000 per camera. $2,000 times 12, $24,000 for just my cameras and adapters. And we're going to adapt well, our lenses. And your budget's going to break too. Like it will. Your budget's going to break. And that's the other thing with your budget. Yep. It's like, like, I know for a fact, I started this data project and it, we had to do it. And it's really important for us for the, the long term. Yeah. And I had to spend an extra $4,000 yeah. to fix something that I didn't know was broken. Yep. In order for it to work. Yep. So like we're not saying you're not going to have parts of your budget that are broken, but at least if you have a baseline of your previous, what you think you're going to be spending, if you go over your budget by like, oh, crap, I blew my budget. You spend an extra 50%, yep. 25%. The less money you make, the larger this might swing for you. Yep. But, you know, I wanted to bring but, some- but the thing I like about this, too, is you and I now, because we have this budget, we're able to be like, you know what? We really need this gear. And where, what's it going to affect? It's going to affect our profitability. Mm-hmm. And But we have to make that decision. Is it worth us spending on that money so that you and I take home a little less? Like, yes, it, it is. Because in the future, we're going to be able to make a little bit more. It's going to be hideous. Yeah. My life is going to be miserable because... Yes. Like, let's talk about our photo booth we just bought. Okay. This is a perfect example of a budget expense that we went over budget... For a very specific reason, and I just went, fine, let's do it. Yeah. We just bought a new photo booth, which I'm not sure you were convinced we should buy, but I think you're a believer now. That um, It's funny how you and I work, because you were like, we should buy this photo booth. I was like, no way. Because it's like, not quality. It's not, it's not what I want as far as like, yeah. And, and you're like, I think we should. And then I was like, okay. I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, this will make things a lot easier. And then I was like, Jay, in order for us to make this work... It's going to cost $7,000. And you're like, no. It was $7,000? For everything. (laughs) Everything. And you were like, gross. No, we can't do it. And I was like, we have to do it. It's going to make our life so much better. And then (laughs) just switch back and forth. And we were like, yeah. We came to the middle. We are like, yes, it will make our Well, ultimately, it comes down to time is money and money is time. And if I could give myself more time, like reduce my risk. So like, And now, so, so... It's a long-term investment, not really even long. One year, two years, maybe. But we're we're able to be like, well, instead of sending uh, a person that we would have to send out, they would have to make two hundred dollars to be able to set the thing up, do the work. We're like, we could just train our assistants and pay them people who less. you're already paying. They're already there. You're already paying them. You pay them a little bit more, saves you a little bit of money. You can you know charge essentially the same amount of money for this new booth. Um, and that's worth it to us. Well, and it doesn't break. It doesn't break. Or cause the it doesn't give me as many terror. headaches. Yeah, photo booths are a nightmare. Don't do them if you're into video. No. 
<laughs> they are difficult, but just be prepared if you're gonna. Start your budget will let you make decisions where you're saying, "Am I trying to? Am I spending money to get my time back? Yes. To get my sanity back? Yep. To increase the long-term profitability of something? Yep. Like by having something that's easier and cheaper to run, it will be more profitable. Yes. And so because we're profit-driven, we're not. Um, short-term driven. We're not living hand-to-mouth. We have money saved up. We make decisions all the time to give up short-term money to pick up long-term. Yes. And that's what we're talking about. There's a great thing. We had a guest on our show back when it was Wedding Pros called Mike Michalowicz. I want you guys to check it out. I'll put the link down there. But here's this thing where he talks about revenue, talks about real revenue, which is like your money after a bunch of expenses. But he talks about your percentages. And, and, And this is one of the things we look at. The basic simplicity of your budget, and I love his it is a sliding scale depending on how much your company makes. And so I won't get into all of that today. Most of you guys are not making more than 250K. So I think we can go with that. Let's basi- assume that. Yeah. Yeah. He basically says you want to have 5% profit that you pay yourself. Owner's pay is 50%. Sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, That's owner salary? Yes. Okay. Taxes. And by the way, the owner so, takes the so, profit too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you're saying owner salary is not just. Base salary, that's also dividends? No. It's base salary, and then you take 5% profit. The 5% profit is dividends. Distributions. Distributions. Dividends are things paid by the stock market. They're not paid, just yeah. to be clear. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yes, that's, those, are, those would be what you take in profit. Yes. Now, given, now I'm going to finish this, and then I'll tell you how it's not true for the wedding industry. This is what he recommends. Okay. 5% profit, 5% owner's pay, 50% owner's pay, 15% taxes, 30% operating expenses. Here's the deal with our industry. Our industry is freaking super profitable. There's no way in heck a business that costs 160000 Like a wedding filmmaker can easily make $120,000 a year and not, it's not going to cost you thirty six grand to operate. Mm-hmm. It's not. So where's that money going to go? Profit. Yeah. It's going to go right to profit. Yeah. I think 20% profitability for a wedding filmmaking business is like very easy to achieve. Very easy. That means 70% of the money your business makes is coming back to you. 50% as a salary, 20%. This is his thing. I mean, I like that he puts in the 15% budget for taxes, especially if you are operating as like a sole prop, someone like that who's taxed as a sole prop. You need to be thinking about your taxes with the money you make. Luckily, hopefully you all have a great CPA. But in general, like... Thinking about percentages, I think, is what the most simplistic way and breaking it into the categories of profit, owner's pay, taxes, operating expenses. Those four categories, that's the simplest way to look at your budget. Um, Like I said, he recommends 30% operating expenses, revenue, like in your budget in terms of like if you're making less than 250K. Our business, where we are, he recommends 50% operating expenses. And this is what I know. We're not close to that. Mm-hmm. Like, may, nah, we might be close. We might be close to 30, 40. Mm-hmm. But, like, our industry is very profitable, guys. This is why you need, like, you take this stuff, you calibrate it for your own industry. Like, if you can beat these numbers, take home the money. Yeah. But at least kind of have an idea. And you need to think profit, owner's pay, taxes, operating expenses. I have no, those are the categories your budget should encompass. Yeah. So, yeah. I love this industry because it is, I think, one of the only industries where you can work half the year, um, right? Work really hard half the year, 
be very profitable and actually make it so in that half of the year, you're really only working weekends. Like if you really wanted to do that, where you're like, I'm just going to shoot, I'm going to outsource my edits and people are going to love my films and I'm only going to do that for half the year. You could take like sales The rest calls. of the half of the year, I'm going to be in Tahiti. You like, could literally sit in Tulum and just talk to your clients. It allows you that financial. Guys, if you can make this work, you can really make it work and like have an awesome life. If I could go it. back in time, I would probably structure our business more like that. Yeah. It's too late now. We are where we are. Um, but like you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. And so yeah. like, why do people suck so bad at understanding? Like, cause I think most of the people's budgets suck and they suck because they have no idea how much anything costs and they have no ability to project costs. Mm-hmm. But why do people suck at that so bad? Uh, it's probably a combination of a bunch of things, but probably people stick with what they're good at. If they're a killer in sales, they're just, like you said, crushing it, like making money. They're like, Hey, I have money in the bank account. And then when it comes to actually like producing the film, they're like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. They're just expert procrastinators. And then they're like, oh, it's too late. I'm going to outsource it and I'm going to lose $2,000 profitability as opposed to being like, you know, maybe if you didn't wait so long, you wouldn't waste all that money. And so it's like they're so caught up in like one aspect in maybe just being an artist or doing sales or whatever it is that they gravitate towards that they don't take the time to just like, um, I, I think honestly, that's probably naturally where I would lean. I'm great at one thing. So I want to be good at that great thing and just focus on it. And then good thing I, you have a budget that allows you to focus on your one thing you're great at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just spending a little bit of time and doing it for sure. Um, it does allow me to focus, um, and get back to being focused on it, but just procrastinating, not even taking the time to get good at something that could save you a lot of time. And money. I think the Probably other thing procrastination. is um, procrastination is huge. Yeah. And we're, we're really good at, at that as creative. Yeah. I think the other thing that we are good at being bad at is not tracking anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're good at tracking sales numbers because that's so sexy and rewarding. We're not good at tracking cost. Like I bet most people, if they're having, it's like this. I don't want to even know how much coffee I bought. I don't want to know because yeah. I don't want to change that behavior. I don't want to think about that. That is true. I don't, I don't, I don't want to stop. I just want to buy coffee whenever I want to buy coffee. Yeah. And that's, that's just my choice and my. Yeah. I but would I say... think people take the same approach with their business as a whole. Yes. They are like, I do not want to know the information that would keep me from doing what I want to do. <laughs> yes. And like, ultimately they don't track things. They don't. They don't pay attention to what they're spending on B&H. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I think when we do budgeting, I'm always like, oh, that's not as bad as I thought. Totally. Uh, maybe I can increase it even. <laughs> totally. Or like, uh, usually what will happen is you'll go, I don't want to buy that. That's stupid. I'm not going to buy that. I want to buy more of that. Yeah, and you yeah, just, yeah. you stop that, that spending the money happens. on the crap that you don't want to spend money on. Yeah. That's what will actually happen to you. Yeah. But I think the, ang- the fear, let me say it this way. The fear is... Like for me with my coffee, I probably spend four dollars a day on coffee, mm-hmm. and whatever times three hundred sixty-five, mm-hmm. so like I don't know, a couple thousand dollars a year on coffee. Totally worth it. Yeah, P- I'm perfectly happy to spend two thousand dollars a year on something I love. Yep. Like that's probably the conclusion you'll reach. Yep. With your cameras, your lenses, your marketing, whatever it is you're buying, but you can't not know. 
Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. I, I think like people, A, are procrastinators. B, I think they don't track anything. And I think this last one is hopefully something we can address with this show and the resources we want to give you. They think that they can't do it. Mm -hmm. They think it's really complicated and they don't know how. And they think, so one of the things we want to give you guys, um, we're talking about this episode for probably two weeks. And we were like, I know our method is actually um, really complicated. Your method, huh? Well, I have a method. I mean, <laughs> you've seen the spreadsheets that I do. They're, they're, I, uh, yeah. They're, they're, there's a certain way I calculate information and yep. cost and averaging and projecting. I'm not saying you have to do this. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to think that you have to do it because it, you know, it's customized mm -hmm. for us. But I did want to give you a resource. So we created this spreadsheet and this thing has like, a budget on it, just like straight up tracking what you're expecting to spend on things. It has a like a projections page, which will do all your averaging. And we've tried to put the equations in there because I know some of you aren't the best at spreadsheets. And so we wanted to make it something that will actually give you like, <clears throat> I mean, we didn't even get into this, but like I want to track what's my monthly differential and cost versus earnings. So I know what months I'm positive and what months I'm negative. That's part of my budget is like, when is money going to come in and out? And this is where customizing things to the wedding industry matters. Wedding industries are so seasonal. You will have feast, 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 and then famine. So you have to have a budget. Otherwise, it's hard to keep this stuff in sync. One of the things on here, though, that I wanted to bring up is talking about when you spend your money based on cash flow. Like, when are you rolling your expenses out? And... How much does it cost to even do your wedding and make what you make? Yep. We don't want to, I don't think we have time to get into all of that with you guys in terms of like, this is how you can calculate it and all that stuff. It is on here. And I did want to say like, it's so important, right? To know how much it costs per wedding. How much does shooting more affect the cost? Does it make costs go down? Does it make, you, by the way, more you shoot, probably the less your equipment costs. The more you use the equipment, the more you utilize it, the less it costs per it increase the more profitable you are. Mm -hmm. So like just that's a basic rationale. Yeah, you said um you said something interesting, like some people aren't spreadsheet people. It is true. But I think the hardest thing about creating a spreadsheet is creating the bones of the spreadsheet is the hardest thing. When you enter the meat and just the information, that's like, how many weddings did I shoot last year? Nine. You know, that's the easy part. That stuff actually gets me excited as a person who's not a spreadsheet person who has to deal with spreadsheets. I like entering the information when it's like so straightforward. Like I'm just going to enter in how, what my average was, you know, how many weddings did I do? How much money did I make at the end of the year? Like entering that information when the bones are intact, which is essentially what you're saying you have done. You've created the bones for people to enter that information so I that tried. they can create that business. I tried. And, and and so you're saying for just, you know, five easy payments of ninety nine ninety nine, someone can have the spreadsheet, right? Like is yes. that what you're you're saying? You're, All you have you're to do selling is join my private Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. We're gonna release this twice a year yeah. and then it's, I'm gonna just remove the ability to buy it after one no. week. How, 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 what, what does this cost a person? For, it's free. Just it's go a down free, it. a free document. We're so rich from running film school. It's uh, making us so much money. We can just give this stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we like, 
I don't, I mean, I'm not bragging or whatever, but this, all the stuff we're doing for the community, we really are trying to help people because it, there's no possible way that we could, at least at this point, make the kind of money that we would want to build. I could just shoot weddings and make a ton more money. I mean, yeah, at this point, <laughs> so at this point, I mean, our editors for Stop Go Love are editing all of these films that we're doing. And so it, it is like, it does cost us money. It's a labor of love. Uh, it, and it's a labor of love. And, and we want you guys to know, like, we do value you guys. And But um, I would say at the end of the day, I mean, the reason why we do it is it, it is, uh, you know, we think that by doing this, it will help filmmakers rise all boats. You know, like the, the tide is what we're looking to rise. So it raises all boats. And our boat is right there with everyone else's. And so I, I would hope that, um, you know, we would make more money eventually. It's it's a long term game, probably. Oh, I'm not um, going to do this forever if we can't find a way to monetize it. But of course. <laughs> but right now, geez. But we're happy to do it. I, and, I'd say we're having a lot of fun doing it at the same mm -hmm. time. You know, just seeing like Phil, like certain people that have really taken advantage of what Wedding Film School has become, um, you know, uh, seeing people be start to become successful uh, because of the resources, it's totally rewarding for us. And we, um, you know, have a lot of stories to be able to tell. So our light turned down. Well, my backlight's off. So you know what that means? It means the show's over. It means so, the show's over. Bye. So, no. so head over to weddingfilm.school for slash resources. We got a bunch of other ones down there. And if you haven't listened to the whole series, man, I mean, I, I'm come not sure. on, man. I'm I would not, say, come on, man. I'm not sure we made the right move going this direction. I'm not sure if people are enjoying it or not. I mean, people are downloading it, so that's good. Um, let I us would know. say a series like this, we went in knowing that it would not be nice for a lot of people, but for certain people, people would get a lot of value out of it. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what we would say we hope out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So go on there. You can download this way too complicated spreadsheet. Um, that I'm sure we'll have some errors on it and things like that. But I think it's a good place for you to start. You're supposed to customize it. You're supposed to change it a little bit. Um, the other thing I was going to say is we, you know, we've done a few coaching sessions. This is a type of thing where in order, if, if you really aren't good at it, it's okay. A lot of people are going to need help. We're totally willing to do coaching. We're totally willing to talk you through this stuff. We've paid a lot of prices something i feel like i have a lot of to offer and if you were looking for someone to help you do some coaching on your finances or your business as a wedding creative we're here to help head over to weddingfilm.school forward slash coaching we're glad to schedule a time and have a conversation because mentorship matters like that was the last thing i was going to say at the core of our business we have me and you we're not alone so we can bounce ideas off each other. Well, many of you do not have that. I can tell you, you're much more expensive to me than me just calling someone and getting mentorship. Hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm much more expensive to you. So we pay a price just by having a business partner. You yeah. know? Yeah. If you have to pay a little bit to get mentored by someone to talk through this stuff, and it doesn't have to be us, just can be anyone, just to get educated on how to structure your business, it's probably money well spent. Okay, guys, so hopefully, uh, again, this was helpful. Like Jay mentioned, go to weddingfilm.school 
uh, slash resources and uh, check out that forum that Jason's talking about, uh, a document um, if you are interested in having a well-balanced budget um, and really just supercharging your business when it comes to uh, creating profit for yourself and at least being able to see the game plan. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, just becoming a profitable business. That's the whole point. Uh, in addition to having financial freedom, in addition to creating art, in addition to being able to party with people for a living, uh, the budget plays a big role in uh, achieving that. So hopefully, again, this is helpful. Make sure you're checking us out on Facebook, on YouTube. We do a weekly podcast here. We do a weekly live show, WFS Live, every Home Thursday critiques, night. pricing critiques, all kinds of The whole deal, we drink together. We're just together. always criticizing you, telling you how terrible you are. Wedding filmmakers that drink and watch films together stay together, so mm. I hear. So uh, we do that Thursday nights. Um, we have a lot of YouTube uh, content coming your way this summer. Make sure you're checking that out as well. Lots of ways to get connected with Wedding Film School. Um, hope you're having a great week. Stay filming. Stay positive. And we'll see you on the next episode. Information that would keep me from doing what I want. Yes. And like ultimately, they don't track things. They don't and at the end of the day, I think when we do budgeting, I'm always like, oh, that's not as bad as I thought. Totally. Yeah, maybe I can increase it even. <laughs> totally. Or like, usually what will happen.